This is the king of old school, Steve Carino. And when I want to listen to a great wrestling podcast, well, I'll listen to my own. But if I really want to listen to a great wrestling podcast, I listen to ROH Cast right here on ROHworld.com. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 14 of ROH Cast. Um, this week we've got a very special show lined up for you. Um, Ring of Honor is set to have their biggest show of the year, Final Battle, this Friday live on iPay-Per-View. And we're joined by a very special guest who will be in a huge match at Final Battle that has major implications for the future of the company. We're joined by none other than Steve Carino who will be facing Kevin Steen at Final Battle. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Oh, doing well. Getting ready for uh, final battle. I'm pretty excited. So, and plus, I'm trying out this new Skype thing. So, you know, you're the first <laughs> interview I've done to, over Skype. Okay, I think uh, Stephen's got quite a few questions uh, lined up for you, and we've got some from uh, Twitter and our forum as well. So, uh, hopefully, there's some good ones been submitted. Yeah, yeah. I hate dumb yeah. questions. Oh, we got a few of those. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Unfortunately, the first one's a bit of a pep talk from your good friend Rob Dimension, who says, "Say something good, Carino, turd." Ah, there's nothing good you can say about that guy. That guy's a turd. <laughs> uh, like he's my best friend, but he's a real dork. Uh, if, you've li- if you've listened to our podcast on like XOCpodcast.com, uh, there's a little cheap plug for me. Um, yeah, like me and him go at it, and that's how we've gone at it for like 10 years now. So, uh, yeah, he's a piece of garbage. <laughs> go listen. It's funny. Yeah, I listened to one. The like, was it the latest one or the one before when you started rebooking WCW from just before when oh. it closed? And yeah, I really enjoyed that. So yeah, that's going to be our next week's podcast. My show is going to be so much better than his. He's stupid <laughs> when it comes to wrestling. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, talking about final battle now. It's obviously coming up on Friday. I mean, you've just returned from a tour of Japan, haven't you? And has been being away from you know the spotlight and, and the buzz surrounding the matches that helped you sort of focus more? Do you think? Yeah, it's it's crazy because, you know, and t- I've, I've been wrestling almost 18 years. So like and I've had big matches in I don't know, like, you know, you, you don't get that nervous feeling anymore after a while. And that's scary because then you think like maybe you're not being as creative as you should be. But like this final battle match is something like I knew that was going to happen, you know, uh, a couple months ago and. It's it's something like I've literally been like dreaming about in, in you know in almost 18 years to have that that nervous feeling back like that big match feel, you know I, I'm like super excited for it and uh, I I think the people that watch it and stuff like that are really gonna see something special something like brutal you know it's it's not gonna be Davy and Eddie you know those guys are gonna be you know pure like you know pro wrestling this this is gonna be a fight and it's something that you know. Uh, it's something I think that people are going to remember, you know, hopefully me, but, uh, you know, I think they're going to remember this. Mm, and you, know, you say you've been wrestling for quite some time now. Would you, would you say you sort of put up there one of the most important matches of your career, even though, you know, you've had so many? Uh, I would, you know, I would, you know, it's going to sound cliche because, you know, I'm trying to promote the pay-per-view a little bit, but, um, yeah, this is probably the most important match of my career right now. You know, I'm not getting any younger, and uh, but the guys in Ring of Honor are, and, you know, I, I watch some of the stuff that they do. And even, like, you know, I, I just spent the last two weeks in Japan, and, you know, I'm on my 78th tour, and we have a lot of young kids coming up. Like, what they do and, and stuff like that is hard to keep up with it at my age and my uh, physical limitations. Uh <laughs> So it's like, you know, I'm trying to hang on. So I wrote that article. Um, uh, thanks for, you know, plugging it on the, on the forum. But, yeah, I wrote that article, like, in, in a real sense of, like, this whole match is, like, my either my rebirth or my, like, destruction. So, like, it, it's something that it, it's crazy to think. Like, I'm more nervous now than I was, you know, 10 years ago when I was about to win the ECW title. Wow. I mean, as you say, you've been nervous. nervous. Like, freaking nervous. <laughs> like, I throw up on Friday halfway through the match. It's all right, people. It's just <laughs> I mean, you know, with it being such a big match, do you regret it at all, or is it just looking forward to it? Regret it? Ah, oh, man. Come see me on Saturday. I'm, I'm going to tell you that I regretted it. Uh, ooh, yeah, it, it's just... I don't know. It, it's one of those things, like, I have this... Um, this thing in me about 
where my legacy will be like with with Ring of Honor and stuff like that, you know, coming in and out since the beginning of the the company. Um, you know, and I think a lot of fans remember that last homicide match which was so like disappointing from every like aspect like everything that like I thought would go right didn't go right and everything that I thought would go wrong really went wrong and I think that like that mm, I don't want to say stink but it's a stink you know it's like it's I I think about it all the time and I like I've been doing the redemption um thing all year but in all reality, like this, this match with Steen is kind of my redemption for the, the, the match, the, the final match with homicide, you know, five years ago. So, um, yeah, this, this is probably the most important day of my career. Mm, and, and if, you know, saying that, what sort of lengths are you willing to go to, to sort of, you know, beat Kevin? Cause as you say, it's going to be, you know, crazy match, isn't it? Uh, it's going to be crazy. Um, <laughs> what I have planned is yeah man i am pulling out all the stops in this one uh yeah you want you want to see like steve crino being at his most like heelish and evil because i yeah i am a heel in my you know re- not real life i'm i'm pretty cool but uh, <laughs> like, yeah. uh but you know being like a heel at heart in the ring you know and being a baby face all year which has been super difficult trust me when you have only five wrestling moves and you got to come up with seven a match you know it, it boggles <laughs> you and uh and sell holy shit uh but uh yeah so like i'm, I'm gonna pull out all the stops because i know that kevin's gonna get cheered i'm not i'm not dumb you know as, as much as Cornette wants to bullshit me and tell me that oh no man the fans are really gonna be behind you in new york I know I'm going to be seen at a, to Steam's RVD in that place, and um, and I'm prepared for it because you know I'm going to wrestle this match like as, as I was a heel. And you know, as you say, you're going to sort of do anything you can. Someone as uh, Hardcore Jay from from Twitter, he says, "Ask Steve if he has any plans to use the fork." I'm, I miss the fork. I miss the fork too. I don't think <laughs> I the fork. I like the fork. The fork was awesome. But, yeah, someone in the office didn't like it. I don't think the fork. I'm going to try. Trust me. <laughs> it's going to be one of those ones where, like, the agent asks you, like, you guys going to go too far? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to be like, yeah, don't check my trunks, <laughs> Jacobs. <laughs> I suppose it with Cornette being ringside as well because he's, you know, he's quite vocal in the sort of he's not that keen on too many uh-huh. sort of stuntish things with him at the ring. So uh-huh. it's going to be even harder to sort of do that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. He's going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel... <laughs> yeah. I liked him, you know, but he's going to, I think he's going to hate me after this. One. <laughs> it's going to be, yeah, I'm, I'm going to brutal. I like, I spent the last two weeks training with like Masato Tanaka and we'd like go over his old FMW stuff and he would show me stuff. Yeah. Like, if Carino has five moves, he's going into final battle with 11. Yeah, it, it's going to be something. And um, as you said, you know, you, you, I think people are expecting sort of Kevin Steen to be to be cheered with uh, all the fans sort of getting behind him, coming back. I mean, is that something that will affect you sort of mentally or are you just going to go in and just, you know, do your thing? Nah, I've never been over in New York. <laughs> and it's such a <laughs> story. Even when I was a babyface in, in ECW, like... I once got over at the Hammerstein right when I was challenging Just Incredible, but for the most part, people in New York City freaking hate me. I think it's because I'm a Philadelphia Phillies fan and we're winners and they're losers. But uh, <laughs> I should say that, that, you know, being the quote-unquote babyface going into this one. But, yeah, like, they've never been, like, super Steve Carino fans. Um, it's, and Kevin Steen is, like, a juggernaut there. And I can see it. New York fans are kind of weird. So, like, they're going to really – Love Kevin, and so I'm prepared for that. Um, yeah, I, I'm not going to be shocked when they boo. And you know, Final Battle is often seen as sort of the biggest show every year for for Ring of Honor. I mean, what does the show Final Battle sort of mean to you personally? Um, yeah, it's you know, it's the ROH WrestleMania. It's it's the big show of the year. Uh, everybody gets pumped up for you know, um, you know, I just blasted New York City fans, but they are amazing. <laughs> When, when it comes to getting behind, like, the product and stuff. And, 
yeah, they're 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 amazing and one of the coolest crowds. Uh, and I never thought I'd say coolest to them, but yeah, they're like one of the coolest ca- crowds to be in front of because they're loud. They're going to tell you exactly what uh, you know they're thinking, and um, yeah, they really like bring out that little bit extra in you, um, in in like in the adrenaline, and you know, so final battle being like you know, the big show of the year and, and you know, add that to the New York City crowd, it, it's going to create some some magic. Mm, and as you say, you've got sort of lots of history from, you know, especially the Hammerstein Ballroom from your time in ECW. Are you, you know, hoping to sort of add another, some, you know, another um, legendary moment to your, your career? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, uh, you know, I, 10 years ago, I was, I was in that building, you know, 11 years ago, really. Uh, for ECW and it was great and then I went back in June of this year for the best in the world pay-per-view and uh, yeah it you know looking out and seeing all those people there supporting like pro wrestling you know it's like wow this is this is why we do it you know to you know to really uh, entertain and create some emotion and like New York City's the place to do it and uh, we've got a fan question here from at Curbswad Hero on Twitter he says Ask Steve if he beats Steen and banishes him from ROH forever. What's next in his career? Would he retire knowing he beat Kevin? Oh, you know what? I, I want to go after the TV title. I don't think I've ever <laughs> been anybody's television champion. And, and you know, so uh, you, you look at, like, Final Battle, you got Jay Lethal, El Generico, and Mike Bennett. Like, who could come out on top? And, like, you know, for me, I would, like, man, if I beat Steen, at, at, you know, and Bennett beats uh you know jay lethal or el generico or whoever is man i would be the man because you know i feuded with mike bennett and you know i need that win back from him i think he beat me like four straight times you know he's got to put the he's got to look after the old man but yeah you know i've never really tried to make a, a title run and i'm not saying that i want to go after uh davy or you know or eddie um come friday uh, but you know what, like, I'd love to challenge for the TV title or, you know, if, if Jimmy Jacobs, you know, wants to, or something like that, actually make a serious run, you know, doing something, you know, in the, t- in the tag division. So, um, yeah, like how I took a different step this year, you know, I'd like to, for 2012, uh, you know, once, once Kevin's gone to do, you know, something totally different than what I've done the last two years. Mm. And I suppose the answer would be completely different if. You know, if Kevin won on Friday, what what would that sort of mean for for your future in ROH? Oh my God, if I have, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's you know that's the that's the question, and that's the thing I came up with with the uh, rebirth or our destruction column that I wrote. It's a uh, yeah, where do I go from there? Like I don't know my next booking. I uh, you know it it you know I I see what's on the schedule, but like it's not you know. I'm not booked yet, you know what I mean? So it's it, this is a proving match for me, you know. If Kevin wins, am I still with Ring of Honor? If Kevin loses, do I get all the all the dates and get, you know, pushed in a certain way? So it, it's you know, it it's a uh it's a big big crossroad right now for me. Hmm. And I suppose now looking towards the, you know the the rest of the card, I mean from top to bottom it looks you know to, to be a re- you know fantastic show, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And that's that's the only thing, and I don't know if anybody's ever discussed this, this is the only thing I hate about having a big match on a big show, like especially like this where all the matches are going to be really good, is that, you know, I'm going to be so worried about mine that I won't get to, like, sit and watch the rest of the show. And, you know, that's one of my favorite things to do is to, you know, sit down after what I'm doing and, you know, watch the rest of the show and, you know, watch guys, you know, that tag team gauntlet match with um, the All Night Express, who, you know, I love – um, the Young Bucks, who my son Colby's favorite tag team, and, and the reason the kid won't shake my hand now. Thanks, Bucks. <laughs> uh, you know, Future Shock, uh, Caprice, and um, Cedric, and there's what was the other fi- the fifth team? Bravado. Are the Bravados in it? I love yeah. the Bravados. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, you know that's that's a great great match, and it's uh, it's, it's going to be exciting. You know, the the tag team title match between. Um, you know, the wrestling's greatest tag team and the Briscoe brothers. Oh man. Like, I don't know. Like the Briscoe brothers are, you know, different than they were a year ago, but I think they're getting cheered more now than they did, you know, a year ago. Mm. Uh, they're, they, they're the badasses of, of ring of honor and always exciting. Um, you know, I wish I could watch that one. The three way TV title match is going to be, you know, 
great, you know, it, Bennett is, is a star, I, you know, I don't know where Maria fits into this whole thing. I was trying to figure that out, but I, I couldn't, <laughs> um, yeah, what a lucky asshole he is, right? Can I say that? Yeah, yeah, no problem. <laughs> I hate Mike Bennett. And, um, yeah, Lethal and the Gen- uh, Generico is going to be great. Uh, TJP and Elgin is going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, and this is like the, the 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 actual like Mark or fan in me is like I still don't know who's going to be against Roddy at, at Final Battle. And I did legitimately mark out when I saw that it was Jimmy Rave uh, coming against Ciampa. And uh, who has the hardest name to say in wrestling, Ciampa. <laughs> so, tomato sauce. Um, Sorry, Bob. Yeah, and then, you know, of course, the main event is going to be awesome. I don't know how they can top what they did at Best in the World. And I'm sure they will because, you know, they're they're two of the, like, truly best guys, you know, in wrestling right now. So Eddie versus Davey is going to be one of those ones, too, where it can go, you know, a certain way. And my son and I were thinking yesterday, like, where's the crowd going to be? Are they going to be more pro-Davey? They're going to be more pro-Eddie? Um, yeah, it, it should be you know, excellent to see because you really can't gauge who's going to really be, you know, the, the, the more popular guy in that match. Mm. And, you know, from, from speaking to you, it comes across how much of, of a fan you are, just as, you know, as much as, you know, as the wrestler you are. Um, I mean, th- does that make it easier to sort of, you know, you, you've been in, you know, the wrestling business for quite some time now. Does that sort of make it easier to, uh, you know, sort of get pumped up, even though you've, you know, been in the game for so long? No, I've always tried to separate the two. Um, I never wanted to be one of those like bitter veterans that you know that they have a, you know, a career like mine or something like that where they never really got to you know they got to the, have that cup of coffee on national TV and you know and it had to like reinvent myself a few times. And then you, you see guys like that, and then they're so bitter about wrestling. They hate it. Oh, everything, everything, you know. Oh, when I was in wrestling, it you know it was different. I hate that, you know. I've loved professional wrestling since I was eight years old and um, you know what it was in 1981 to what it is now is totally different, but it's evolution and, and guys, people don't realize that. And uh, so, yeah, like I stayed a fan, like today's WWE product is, I like it, you know what I mean? And I understand that people get pissed off that they can't say wrestler, but it is something different now. It's sports entertainment there. And you know, there's wrestling, there's sports entertainment and it's, it's almost the same. But, you know, people get too angry about it. You know, I like to just sit back and, you know, have a, have a cup of coffee and, and just relax and watch wrestling for, you know, being a fan. And, like, being a wrestler, it's totally different. Now I'm trying to think, like, what do the fans want to see? Um, and it's easier being a heel because I can say, all right, what doesn't a fan want to see? And, like, I would think back of, like, what, what do I like to, you know, what pisses me off and stuff like that? Or what's going to make me happy? Uh, so I, I like, you know, being the two, a fan here and a, and a wrestler. So it's it's pretty easy to, you know, switch it on and off. Yeah. And we've got some more, some some fan uh, some fan questions. We've just got a comment from Six Pack. I don't think it's the Six Pack. Um, he says, "Thank you for all that you've done for the fans of pro wrestling." That was put on our oh, forum. That was it's always nice, nice isn't it? <laughs> yeah. There's usually like a backhanded slap right after that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, thank you. Like, you know, I, I I've loved the the whole time I've had in wrestling. I don't know how much time I have left, but uh, you know, it's you know, it's it's been an amazing ride, and I've got to do so many things that I never thought I would get to do. So, and it's because the fans still react. So, like, luckily I still get booked. Uh, yeah. So, thank you to the fans actually more than you know. Don't thank me. I'm just trying to hang on <laughs> do you think that will sort of sort of signal sort of your your end uh you know in wrestling when the fans just sort of start stop reacting to to what you do yeah yeah I, I think so i don't know you know it's it, it's now about trying um for me just trying to like stay as creative as possible with, with things so that i don't fall into that rut because you know it's it's hard being like the old guy of of roh and you know, I, I feel like I got to go out there and, and compete where it, it's funny. You, you see that Ring of Honor does these proving ground matches with all the youngsters. But like right now, I think like I'm the youngster that has to, you know, even though I'm the old guy, I'm the guy that has to like try and go out there and prove myself every night. So as long as they're reacting and Ring of Honor's booking, I'll be there. My body's <laughs> got to hold up, but my body feels good. 
good to hear. And um, a, another one from Lariato, that's on the forum as well. He says, uh, which has been your favorite period working for Ring of Honor? Oh, no doubt last year. No doubt. Uh, last year with the whole uh, Cabana Generico, me and, and Steam feud was like the most fun year of my wrestling career. Um you know, it was cool because a lot of times over the over the years, I've been the, like more of the starring role in a feud and I've had like backup or, you know, supporting players. This time it was, you know, Kevin and Generico were the, the stars and myself and, and Cabana were like the, you know, supporting players. And it was so cool to watch how, you know, the whole Generico steam thing lasted for a year where Cabana and I played in. Uh, to it where we could come in come out and make that last for so long it was it was a lot of a lot of fun inside because it, it people liked it people were into it and um you know we did a lot of crazy crazy stuff but uh yeah that was definitely definitely my favorite time since i've been working there for for me um yeah, I guess that's. Mm. And as you say, you sort of you were sort of a side part of that, you know, that feud. But was it hard to sort of not be sort of the, the main focus of a you know a feud or a series of matches or whatever? No, not at all. In fact, it was it was a lot more fun. I don't know if it wasn't like the pressure wasn't on me to like you know to perform as 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 much, or um, you know I just had so much confidence in where we were going with it. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I loved it. You know, uh, yeah, I could be, you know, I'm putting that out there for the world. You know, <laughs> I, I could leave the ring tomorrow and be a full-time manager and love it, you know, because at this point I, you know, I would love to be like a JJ Dillon type where I can coach, you know, I'm, I'm not like a, over the top or, you know, I'm, I would be different from a Prince Nana or a brutal Bob Evans. Um, you know, I, I would be, I would be something I would be, you know, a whole different character, you know, being promoted as like a wrestler that's turned into a, you know, a manager. I could definitely see myself being a JJ Dillon. <sighs> Somebody hire me like that. Ring of Honor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, could you imagine, um, yeah, me, one... could you imagine Sorry, me managing like Future Shock or something like that? Oh, or Bennett. I'd be so much better for Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Brutal Bob would be happy with that. <laughs> Yeah. Now this one's from at C Vians, also on the forum. He says, throughout your storied career, who has been your favorite opponent? Ooh, uh, throughout my whole career, uh, Masato Tanaka, definitely. Um, you know, I think over the the years, I don't think there's anybody that I've actually wrestled more, which would would be weird because people wouldn't think that. Uh, but yeah, it's always you know something to get in there. I've I've gotten the most hurt with him too. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like there's always something going in there where I'm like, ah, I got Tanaka, whether it's six man or a tag team or singles. Um, yeah, he he's my favorite over the years. Um, a couple other ones like Takeo Mori was was a um, a lot of fun to wrestle with. You know, Homicide was always you know something crazy. You know, um, you know we kind of brought out like the best in each other for you know a, a, that you know up until the last match, but. Uh, yeah, like so. Yeah, I would, I would put them up there. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. Dusty, you know, Dusty was a lot of fun to wrestle. Hmm. And you know, you know, when you face someone that that amount of times, is it does it get easier because you, you know you, you know each other so well, or is it harder to sort of come up with fresh stuff and to keep it, you know, uh, keep the fans entertained, sort of thing? No, it's it's kind of easier to come up with stuff because uh, like the Japanese guys aren't into repetition. I mean, they're, maybe their comebacks and stuff like that. But there's things that they don't want to do over and over and over again. And you know, I think wrestling the same guy, you have that chance to be like, okay, now you trust him a little bit more. Maybe you can push something a different way or, or modify something you've done before. And uh, I think I think it becomes easier actually. Um, but, you know, you just don't want to get in that rut of, oh, this worked this time, let's just do it again. And I'm not a big fan of re repeaters. Mm. Another one from C. Vins. He says, uh, who would be your, sorry, what would be your dream match to partake in? Um, I'm not sure whether he means some sort of new gimmick match or um, sort of who against. I mean, I should imagine you've probably wrestled sort of most of the guys from, you know, from your era. So, I mean, is, is there anybody left that you haven't wrestled that you've, you know, you really like to get in the ring with? I mean, yeah, definitely, like, I, I would love to get in the ring with and do something with Ric Flair, you know, uh, to think, like, that I'm 
you know, on the wrong side of 30 and he's uh, still in the wrestling business, you know, that, that would be the ultimate to do something with Flair. Um, you know, I've never met Roddy Piper. You know, I, I would love to do something on the microphone with him and, you know, it, the old debates. Um, at this point, you know, I've got to work with so many great wrestlers. You know, I, I would say the one guy that I really want to wrestle right now is Davey Richards. I've never I've never wrestled him. In fact, uh, when we shook hands in Chicago, uh, it was the first time that me and him have actually been in the same ring together, which is crazy considering we've been wrestling in Ring of Honor for two years. Um, yeah, for two years together, we've never even been in the same ring at the same time. Um, yeah, I really because I really think like that match, I could do a totally different side. You know, and try and keep up with his American Strong style and show what I, I've learned in Japan and stuff like that. Uh, I think fans would be like, oh, wait a second. On paper, uh, this is a real clash of styles. But, like, if you if you did book it, it would be, you know, I would bring the fight to him. Yeah, hmm. Davey Richards. Somebody book that. <laughs> <laughs> but if you beat Kevin on Friday, I'm sure you'll, uh, you'll be up there for sort of the number one contender, wouldn't you? Oh, I don't even need to be number one contender. <laughs> Shit, being champ, being ROH champion—that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, did you have that sort of pressure when you were in ECW? I mean, I suppose people now ECW supposedly has got the reputation of maybe it wasn't you know sort of the, the best technical sort of wrestling, but I mean, was there still I suppose there's still a lot of pressure with you know because their their fans are probably just as sort of rabid as the ROH fans really, aren't they? Yeah, when you're champion, especially at that time where you didn't know like the status of the company and with the the TNN deal ending and everything like that, it's a lot of pressure because you know when you, a bigger company when you have their title, you're the the guy that they're focusing on, and uh, you know then like something goes wrong, you think it's your fault, and you know yeah I'm. I, I I guess that's where like my insecurities really grew as like ECW champion. I was like. Oh shit, man! This is up to me to produce this or that, or make sure that you know, you know, I go out there and try to do even more crazier stuff than I was doing. And yeah, it's a lot of pressure. And you know, today with you know the internet's bigger, the, the wrestling is so exposed now that um, the magic's a little harder to create, which is cool because you know that makes you think even you know harder. Uh, so the guys that bitch about the internet have no reason to bitch. It's, you know, you, you should be happy that people are really want to see your inner working so that you can work harder to, you know, make them believe. Uh, there's my little rant, by the way. Yeah. Like <laughs> burying the wrestlers, not the fans this time. Um, but yeah. Uh, oh shit. Where did I go? I, I, now I lost my train of thought because indie wrestlers make me mad. <laughs> uh, oh hell. Tell me where I was. Oh, I can't remember. You guys already listened to me. <laughs> uh, all right, forget it. If anybody needs to know the end of this answer, uh, email me. I'll figure it out. Um, we're talking about ACW. There's a question here. It might be a bit of a Oh, the pressure has changed. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, no one listens to me. That's why I've been divorced twice. But yeah, being pressure the champion, like... I can't imagine what the pressure of like Roddy and Eddie and Davey go through as Ring of Honor champion because, you know, not, you know, the, these are some smart fans and you know it, it takes a lot to get them going. So, you know, these guys got to perform at that A plus level every night. So yeah, it's, I think it's a lot of pressure. It's you know, and the, you know those guys have handled it so well. You know, you know, I I give I give it up for those guys. They kick ass athletes. Mm. Going back to ECW now, this, this question might be a bit of a difficult one for you to answer. Um, this is from Harpoon IPA on the, on the forum. He says, what were the major differences from working for Paul Heyman years ago to working with Jim Cornette now? <laughs> right? Uh, both evil geniuses. <laughs> uh, and it's amazing to me that they don't get along because they are like almost the same person. Um now, originally, I worked. I worked for Cornette before I worked for Paul. Um, Cornette was working a lot of like the New Jersey independents back in you know when he was head of um, talent relations. Like he he was the guy that would arrange like the jobbers to the, the WWF TV tapings, and you know he was um, a lot of behind the scenes and he could push for guys. And so like the NWA uh, New Jersey promoter Dennis Carluzzo would bring him in all the time because you know he was trying to get Devin Storm and Ace Darling jobs like myself and Simon Diamond. Um, 
Yeah. So like Jim would come in and I, you know, I got to learn from Jim a lot. And then, you know, in later 98, then go into Paul and realize and like, wow, Paul's, you know, as much of a genius as Jim is. Um, so I got to see like Paul's side of it. And now, you know, full circle 10 years later, you know, I'm working for Jim again. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's cool to be like, man, you know, I, I kind of was a, you know, a semi-major player for two of the like best minds professional wrestling ever came up with, you know, it, uh, that professional wrestling's ever had. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a real cool, like fan moment for me. And are you sort of surprised that Paul hasn't been sort of, uh, you know, involved in, I know he had, he went to WWE afterwards, but that wasn't really, uh, it didn't really take off did it his sort of the, you know, the, the new ECW. Um, I mean, are you surprised that he hasn't had more sort of influence in wrestling since then? Oh, absolutely. You know, I want to say, like, this guy, I, I, I can't see him turning off, like, the wrestling bug. And it's so hard because he was so 24-7 and maybe he got burned out. Um, I know he did the thing with, like, writing for, um, writing uh, Brock Lesnar's book with him and, you know, he's doing the Heyman hustle and stuff like that. So it's cool to see that he could walk away and, and you know, not crazy, but like in a good way, um, you know, and he's doing doing something else with his life. So, uh, you know, it, I, I, but to me, like Paul Heyman in wrestling is where it should be like wrestling needs Paul Heyman. And, you know, and I, I wish he would come back. Um, and I suppose talking, this is more about ECW as well. I mean, I, you and you, I suppose you're known really for some of your, you know, more hardcore matches. I mean, is there a sort of one that sticks out in your mind, sort of either from like ECW or, or Japan, as sort of the, the most violent one you, you've been involved in? Um, <clears throat> ooh. yeah. I mean, there's some good violent ones where, um, you know, just getting, you know, getting busted open. I mean, I was a bitch, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, some of the ones with Sandman and Jerry Lynn and, um, and ECW were pretty brutal. You know, I had a lot of brutal matches with Abyss in 1PW in, in the UK. Um, you know, that those were pretty bad, you know, going up to the barbed wire. Having the barbed wire uh, matches with um, uh, Homicide and Terry Funk, like, huh. I, you know, I, I would think, like, more of my violent stuff happened after ECW. Oh, man. Just <laughs> too much bleeding in ECW, man. Uh, the fact that I have any red blood left in me after the that 10 years is <laughs> And, um, again, sort of ECW and ROH, what, <clears throat> what sort of similarities do you sort of see between, between the two? Um, it's kind <laughs> of like a hybrid, you know, um, you know, the, the status quo is the WWE with the secondary being TNA. Um, you know, 10, 11 years ago, it was WWF, WCW, and then ECW was the alter, uh, alternative. And you know, now it's ROHs. And um, and even to a lesser degree, you have, you know, the, the more of the satellite companies like, you know, Dragon Gate and PWG and, you know, Evolve and, and uh, you know, CZW and Chikar and stuff like that. You know, there are a lot of alternatives for fans. But, you know, Ring of Honor being more of, um, you know, is a lot like ECW in that fact is you're, you're going to see more of a, a different style than you would on TV and um, the, on, you know, on WWE's TV. So um, I think that's where the big similarities between ECW and ROH are. You know, it's a different product, you know, but you're I think you're catering to a different fan, too. Hmm. And, you know, it's been a big year for ROH with the, you know, the SBG buyout. I mean, how have you sort of seen sort of behind the scenes? How, how has ROH changed or you know, has it changed sort of you know, since the SBG buyout? Um, the only change is my check is a different color. Is it, <laughs> yeah. is it, is it for more? That's the most important thing. I think. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Oh, God, someone give me a raise. Uh, no, um, no, that's the only difference is like because it's a different bank being a different company. And uh, yeah, that was the only difference I've seen. Everything's like status quo, you know. Um, the new owner comes in, you know, give it, it says hi to everybody. You know, you kind of know, you know, it's, it, you know, it's still, you know, Hunter, Hunter and, and Jim's game. And, um, you know, Carrie's always there. So like, you know, as long as Carrie's there, I'm happy because... You know, to me, Carrie's 
you know, my ROH boss. And, you know, even though he's now more, you know, a goodwill ambassador and talent and stuff like that, uh, to me, he's still like the guy. And uh, so, you know, nothing's really changed. And have you spoken to sort of, I suppose like Joe Coff and some of the others from SVG. Have you had, you know, had a chance to sort of chat with them and see what they, uh, they intend for the direction of ROH? No, no, only if I have a dumb joke. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's probably the reason for the, the no raisin, I guess. Probably, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think they get my humor. Um, no, they're, they're cool. You know, they, they want to make money. And, um, you know, they, they didn't buy it to lose money. Um, and, you know, they're getting a the crew together. It's still, you know, it's still a work in progress because it is a new company. And, um, I mean, it, a new company coming in. It's it's more it's a little bit more corporate now. That's the only the only difference I, I see is um, uh, yeah, it's just a little more corporate now. Um, but yeah, I think it's still cool. Hopefully, you know, I think 2012 is going to be a lot. Um, I really see a breakout, you know, with you know their new TV markets and stuff like that. I, I look for a bigger breakout in like 2013. You know, that I think that's where I don't know how they they see the company progressing, but I, I see it definitely once, you know, the TV's in these new territories and stuff like that for like a year, year and a half, you know, you see them run in a bunch of new cities, you know, maybe get more TV clearances. And, you know, I think that's where they really got to make their run. Mm. And, you know, obviously with RH is going to be expanding. I mean, sort of what, what sort of, you know, maybe two or three guys on, on the, the current roster, what sort of ones do you see um, sort of headlining sort of events towards, you know, the end, end of maybe next year or, Start of 2013. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's a cool thing. Like, ROH has a lot of good young guys. You know, you got Bennett, Ciampa, um, Cole and O'Reilly are just amazing. Like, yeah. Like, Cole and O'Reilly, I definitely think, are the future. Uh, Kenny King and Rhett Titus. I mean, like, all these guys are so young and so good at this point. You know, they're only going to get better in the next couple of years. And... You know, the, especially with the TV around now, the TJP's, you know, in and, you know, I, I, I the youth of ROH is what's going to be, you know, such a such a good thing for them because, you know, the, the TV crowd's going to grow with these guys. And, you know, they're not older guys. You know, the people are like, oh, these guys have been around. These are these are all new names to, uh, you know, a majority of the fans. And I, I think that's going to be something where they can all grow together. And, yeah, I definitely see. A lot of those guys even stepping it up even more, you know, look at, you know, all Night express is a great example because, you know, they were kind of like a, a funny heel team underneath team and stuff like that. And over the last year, they, you know, gotten to the point where, you know, I was so surprised that they didn't get the world tag team titles in Chicago. I was pissed. I was like, oh, I thought this was the night, but, you know, <laughs> inevitable that, um, you know, those guys are going to be the, the, the tag team champions. Um, and, you know, it just shows how hard they work and how much they can evolve their characters and, you know, and their styles and stuff like that. Um, you know, you're only seeing it, you know, 10 percent of what Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole can do. You know, they're the young boys uh, of ROH and they're paying their dues. And, you know, when they start breaking out, man, it's going to it's going to be good. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun in the next year or two just to watch. Hmm. And this is, uh, I mean, how, how does it feel? I mean, to you, being I suppose you're, you're one of the sort of old oldest guys on the roster. I mean, how how does it feel sort of being surrounded by so many sort of you know young guys and you know, Oh, I think it's it's the evolution of the business. You know, what I mean, when I was young, it, there was guys before me, and and uh, you know, some guys wanted to hang on to their spots and they were bitter and they didn't want to you know try and help the younger guys. And then there were some guys that really did want to help the younger guys because you know somebody helped them. Um, yeah, I'm I'm one of those guys that. You know, I understand what my limitations are and what I can do and what where my strong points are going to be. And, you know, I try to, you know, maximize them and uh, and, you know, and mask my limitations. Um, you know, in my I know I can't. You know, I, I couldn't put on a Davey Eddy style match, you know, and, you know, I'm not going to kid myself or the fans by saying I could. Um, you know, so it's 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 cool to watch these guys come up and these guys be the draw and, you know, working my way back to the middle, uh, you know, and eventually, you know, hopefully to a point. And I think I've gotten to that point where, you know, it's a lot of guys are going to beat me, you know, but it's still important to beat me. And I, that makes me feel good. You know, it's like, 
you know, I was Mike Bennett's first feud, you know, I was, you know, Elgin's clean wind, you know, to, to get him up a level and stuff like that. And if, you know, if I could be that guy that works my way back to the opening match where I'm working with the guy out of the wrestling school, man, that's cool with me. You know, I, I'm, I'm just happy to be part of the team. Mm. And another uh, one from No Remorse on our forum. He says, how does it feel to be chopped by Roderick Strong? Have you run into anyone who chops hard and maybe Kabashi? Uh, I never worked with Kabashi. Um, man, yeah, Roddy can hit. Man, oh, I I keep hearing that um, Eddie Edwards has got a harder chop than Roderick, which you know, which is awful. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, because Roddy can hit. I'm trying to think who else. Steen looks like he hits hard, like thuds. Um, Sabio Vega was a hard chop. All those Puerto Rican guys can chop. Oh. Um, Kid Cash was a, you know, but I think the hardest chop I get is from, um, Sinjiro Otani, man, because he, you know, and it's not the, like that Ric Flair style. It's the, the Ronnie Garvin over, overhand ones that just sting. And once he sees like, you know, your, your blood going in, in your, your muscle, that's when he starts really trying to like make it purple and you know, he's got something wrong with him. <laughs> yeah, I'd say Otani's like the hardest chopper I've been in with, but I haven't wrestled Eddie. But yeah, Roddy's number two. <laughs> um, at Draco on Twitter says, who has been your toughest opponent by far and uh, your favorite place to wrestle? Uh, my favorite place to wrestle is definitely Tokyo. Um, you know, being like a Japanese fan as a, as a you know, as a kid. You know, to, to wrestle in Corken Hall or, you know, Ryugoku Sumo Hall and stuff like that. That's that's like my dream come true. That's that, you know, to me, that's like my WrestleMania. Um, so, you know, that to me, my toughest opponent. Um, yeah, Tanaka was definitely a, a tough one because, of, you know, what you had to bring out. Ooh, uh, homicide. Um, you know, Kawada was rough. Man, I kicked him in the face once, and he beat the hell out of me. <laughs> um, yeah, he likes to hit hard, but he didn't want to get hit hard. And it was yeah. hard with the mask. But, um, yeah, there, there are a lot of, like, good and hard guys to, to wrestle. Uh, I would say my toughest, though, would definitely have to be Homicide. He was, he was quite a stiff worker, isn't he? So, so yeah, especially with plus, some of the matches you know, he had uh, as well. You know, and we never got along, too, so you know, some of that stiffness might be part of that. <laughs> um, this is from at Hellraiser Halton. He says, um, "You've been to Australia a few times. What do you think of Australian wrestling? Also, does it need a grumpy old schooler? I'm not sure if he's uh, referencing to you. Yeah, am I grumpy? This <laughs> <laughs> guy Melbourne, uh, Hitman Julia. You know, he's 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 the grumpy veteran. Um, <laughs> I, you know what? I like. I enjoy Australian wrestling. I've been there uh, seven tours, and like, I love Australia. It's a great thing, and." the Australian guys try their best. It's they, they do what they can. You know, it's, they don't have the, the luxury of, you know, how the States are, you know, where you have so many, you know, um, national TV legends that, you know, wrestle 300 days a year and, you know, can really teach as, as much. And that's, that's the only limitation they have is the, you know, they don't have enough veterans over there that, you know, drew, you know, the guys from the sixties the and seventies with Jim Barnett's, um, world championship wrestling down there are gone. You know, a lot of them were foreigners and the, the, the older Australian guys, you know, don't, don't get involved anymore. So I think, you know, that's the only thing that the, the Australian guys have limit, uh, limited access to, but they try, you know, they go out there, they, they work hard and, you know, they, they do their best. I've never had a bad time, uh, wrestling in, in Australia. And I've wrestled for, you know, I would say like seven different promotions while I was there that, you know, they, they all do their best. Mm. And, you know, especially you've, you've toured really most, you know, most sort of countries around the world. Is there, is there anywhere that you'd still like to sort of, uh, go and wrestle that you haven't yet? Uh, I've, I, you know what? I've never wrestled in Mexico. That's, it's funny. Um, you know, you, you would think like, you know, I've wrestled so many places. Never, I never wrestled in Mexico. Uh, Italy. I'd love to wrestle in Italy. Um, I'm trying to think where else. That's probably it. You know, those are, those are the two yeah, places that I really haven't ever uh, wrestled in that, you know, I'd like to put on the map. Definitely not Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> I wrestled in India and that sucked. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, you know, mentioning Japan now, I mean, was it the 74th tour you just... 78. Just 78, well, I mean, uh, who'd have, you know, when you, on your first tour, did you ever think that you'd, uh, you know, you'd be back so many times? No, no, not at all, because um, I didn't have a good first tour. No, it's not that I didn't, but, you know, it was just learning the, the Japanese style, and I, I go back and watch it now, and I'm like, ugh. But... Um, <laughs> You know, after 78 tours and being with the, you know, the same company for 10 years, um, you know, it's it's still fun. You know, this time, you know, because of our sponsor, I wore a mask and, you know, I got to do something really cool at the end of the tag league, you know, where, you know, turning babyface for the first time in seven years in Japan is, is going to be fun. I'm mean, cheering me now, but they'll boo me, you know, it's <laughs> weird, like the respect cheer when I come out and then, you know, as soon as I break the rules, they boo. So this will be the first time I get a run as a baby face for seven years there. So, uh, I, yeah, I still look forward to going. I hate the flight and sucks, but, um, and the, the bed is uncomfortable, but, uh, you know, besides that, I love it. You know, I love the wrestling. I love the culture. I have so many friends over there. Um, you know, because I've been with those guys for so long. People always think like, oh, you know, you're known for ECW. But, you know, ECW was two years of my life. You know, zero one in Japan has been 10 years. You know, myself, Otani, Tanaka, Kohei, Kamikaze, you know, uh, we've all been together for for 10 years. And they're, they're my buddies. You know, it's um, it's weird to say like, wow, like, who's your best friends? Oh, you know, these guys in Japan that, I, you know, I can barely understand. <laughs> Uh, but yeah it, it's still like my favorite place to go well what, what's your japanese like then is it still pretty basic it's like grade three level you know I'm, I'm much better you know once i get going you know when i was there every two weeks I, I used to be my schedule used to be two weeks on two weeks off um i really got to learn it i had a japanese girlfriend um so you know i was i was learning it plus i was always over there you know, now we do like, you know, anywhere from like five or six tours a year where I don't have to speak Japanese much. And, and so like the first three days, I'm like putting it all together in my head. And then I start coming by the end of the tour, you know, I'm back up to, you know, kid level. But, I you know, I can order my food and do my, my stuff. But, yeah, it's, it's an amazing language. Um, this one's from at he who 42 on the forum. He says. What are your memories of wrestling in Hustle in Japan, and how long were you under the Monster C mask? Uh, Hustle was weird because, you know, they were literally trying to be the sports entertainment company of Japan. And, you know, once you figured that out, then it was like, oh, okay, I understand. Um, but at first you're like, well, why is this and why is that? And, you know, when they brought me the idea of Monster C, the reason I got figured into that gimmick was they were looking for a heel Kawada. And, you know, and in Japan, especially at that time, I would mock wrestlers. I would mock Hashimoto. I would mock Agawa. But I would even go further. And not that I was mocking. It was more my, you know, inner mark out moment, um, <laughs> you know, doing their moves. Uh, but, you know, Jumbo Sharuda and Giant Bob and Anoki, you know, I would – mimic some of the things that they did to get heat and and yeah but it became popular so the hustle guys thought wow carino could probably try to mimic as many moves as kawada as possible and it was their idea because you know the japanese fans um every time that kawada would kick somebody would chant k so their idea was monster c carino not that anybody didn't know, Monster <laughs> C would get every time he would kick somebody, it would be C. And the first couple times in my mind, I'm like, I got to, you know, almost educate the crowd to do it. When I would kick somebody or hit somebody, I would literally be like, as I was grunting, yelling C within like a show or two. Yeah, it was always C, 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 whoa, C. And then when we finally did C versus K, the whole match was based around the alphabet, you know, to see how many fans <laughs> would chant C, K, and they gave these things out. Um, I don't know if anybody has ever seen the, the singles match with Monster C and, and Kawada from, um, uh, it was Christmas Eve 2004. And, uh, yeah, like, they had these, like, cards. It was like almost like a, you know, like a European football game where, like, you have, like, different, you know, almost like, 
I don't know the best way to describe it, but it was like a board. And on one side, it had uh, it was black with a uh, yellow K. On the other side, it was yellow with a black C. So depending on who was on top, you would turn the card to. <laughs> and, you know, either 1,700 or 1,800 people in Corrigan Hall. And it was cool because it was like he would kick me and the whole crowd, it would go to black. You know, I would kick him and the whole crowd would go to yellow. It was it was it was pretty cool. And they would chant C.E.K. It's, you know, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> but I think it was under for two years. And then um, when my contract didn't get renewed, they put it under um, somebody else. And heading back towards the. Uh... No, the U.S. now. So, um, Lamont Henderson says, "What do you make? Uh, what do you make of the state of the Indies now that um, all of the indie workers have the straps?" I think he's sort of referring to WWE, where you know you've got Brian Danielson and uh, CM Punk as sort of the world champions. I mean, uh, yeah, what do you make of the state of the sort of the independence now? No, I don't think it changes the independence. Uh, you know, we're the only fans that look at Danielson and 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 Punker and Evan Bourne and. Um, all those guys is like the indie guys doing good to, to the fan, to most fans, you know, these are just brand new. This is the next generation of the, the WWE. Um, so I don't think it affects the indies at all. I don't think somebody goes, oh, wow. You know what? Like a, a normal nine to five guy goes, wait, the CM Punk comes from the independents. Ah, oh, let me go check out my, uh, local independent. I don't, I don't think it does that, but, uh, you know, it, I think it does show some of the, um, not yeah i would say smaller but the the 200 pound guys that hey man you know work hard you know wwe is not just a big man's company anymore you know it, i think it gives extra incentive for these guys to like get in the gym and work harder and you know get to that that point where that you know they can become the next cm punk or daniel bryan or evan Bourne or kofi kingston or cody rhodes these guys are all you know so young it's 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 a it's a youth movement but it's also not the you know, the big giant guys, it, it's, you know, if anything, indie people got to step up their, their game. Mm. Mm. Um, this one from Icy Hot, he says, will you ever really retire? Um, with the follow-up, please don't ever retire. So that's quite a double-edged question. Really. Wrestlers can't retire. I've tried, like, I've tried <laughs> twice that I wanted to go, um, and it doesn't work. You have to fade away or die, you know, but <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try and fade away. <laughs> But yeah, like, uh, you know, dying is the new retiring. That's the only way you can really guarantee there won't be a comeback. Um, but yeah, you really never do retire. It, the wrestling retirement's bullshit. I'll never retire again. I'll never announce a retirement again. I may fake my death or something like that, but I'm <laughs> yeah, I'll just kind of try and fade away as much as possible. The more you see me in the suit, the less wrestling. It's closer to retirement. <laughs> and, um, you know, we might even see another career. You know, if you know, if you do decide to retire, and you, you know, your son Colby, he's, he's uh, you know, he's doing well, isn't he? And the, we, you know, we've seen him in Ring of Honor before. Do you think he could, you know, uh, maybe in a few years' time, sort of, you know, take your sort of place on on the roster? Do you think? Um, no, he would definitely uh, be different than me because, he, like, he trains that Ring of Honor style, um, that Japanese style. Like, you know, he's he's done stuff in Japan and Germany and Canada already. And, you know, he's only 15 years old and, you know, he's only 140, 145 pounds. And, you know, he's a high school kid. So he's still like learning the basics while, you know, trying to keep up with, you know, guys that are in their mid 20s and have six years experience. I don't know if he really wants to, you know, I don't know if it's something he wants to do for a living. Uh, you know, he's really, you know, he's really smart. And, um, you know, I definitely think he's going to do, you know, he's going to go to university and he's, you know, going to be, um, he's going to have maybe wrestling as a fallback or, you know, or if he tries the wrestling full time, he's got like, you know, that degree to fall back on. Um, but it's going to be up to him. I don't push him to do it. You know, it's, he only does what he wants to do. So, you know, I, I put him in the right direction with how to learn and, you know, he learns from so many different guys, but, um, you know, if he was going to, you know, really dedicate himself to this, he would be a totally different style than me. He wouldn't be, you know, he would be Randy Orton to me being Cowboy Bob Orton, you know, same last name, totally different styles and looks. Mm. So in a few years, you think we could see Colby come in and uh, you sort of done in the suit and managing him? Do you think that, that possibility? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I don't know. You know, he's, he's doing the stuff, uh, 
you know, with he's going to you know wrestle Daichi Hashimoto in in Japan, which is going to be like the second generation Karino Hashimoto feud. Um, you know, he, he loves Ring of Honor. You know, I could I definitely see him. You know, especially you know once he gets 16 and he gets his driver's license to work out more with the Ring of Honor guys at the wrestling school and. Um, you know, I, I think he would love to wrestle for Ring of Honor, but, you know, who, who knows? You know, he, he's a kid. He, you know, I want him to enjoy his teenage years and, you know, he can make up his mind a little bit later. Mm. Um, sort of heading now to, uh, you know, other things related sort of not, not towards wrestling. Um, this one's from at Larry at Winslow on the forums. It's quite an interesting one. He says, um, if you're in a sitcom, who would you cast as A, your level-headed friend, be your wacky neighbor and see your love interest. Wow. This is one of those dumb questions. Is it celebrities or like wrestlers that would be. Uh, I don't know, Matt. Whichever one you want to, really. Just, I don't but, know, because um, it's like a Seinfeld episode. Um, <laughs> all right, celebrities. Love interest would be uh, Rachel McAdams. Not a big fan, guys? I'm a fan. I'll say that. Since you guys never saw the notebook. <laughs> kind of um, yeah, she was awesome in that. Um, my level-headed, level-headed friend would be Jerry Seinfeld. Um, what was it? My goofy neighbor. Um, wacky neighbor. Wacky neighbor. The dude that plays Wilfred. Do you guys get Wilfred in the UK? No. No, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely YouTube Wilfred. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's it's the the guy with from. Um, Lord of the Rings, Frodo, and then the the guy that plays the dog, Wilfred, is like some Australian guy, um, and he's in a dog outfit, and only Frodo can see him as like a human. Everybody else sees him as a dog, but he does everything like a dog, and he's a big heel too. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, he would. I think his name's Jason Gunn. He would be. Uh, he would be my wacky neighbor. If it was wrestlers, my love interest. Oh man, Vicky Guerrero. Uh, <laughs> say that, you know, is that wrong? Um, <laughs> yeah, Vicky. I'm trying to think who else. I don't know. So Kevin could be the wacky neighbor. Yeah, I don't know if I want him in my neighborhood. He's French. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's not a real Canadian. This is how the feud started. <laughs> He's from back i'm from winnipeg i'm a real canadian even though I, like i moved when i was five um he's a quebecer <laughs> we hate some french um oh man my wacky neighbor oh road dog one of the funniest guys i've ever been around i i a road dog would be my wacky neighbor my level-headed neighbor um hmm that's a good one my level-headed neighbor Huh. I have to get back to you on that one. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll go back to that. We'll give you a few minutes to think about it. Um, and, yeah, we're not the only ones uh, who have uh, got our own podcast. I understand uh, you and Rob Dimension do uh, Extreme Odd Couple, don't you? Yeah, we've been doing it for a while. We shot, like, one, like, webisode, and um, just our schedules are a little, uh, a little off, so... Uh, but yeah, man, we've we've been doing like the extreme podcast, uh, the extreme odd couple podcasts for I think we're up to episode six or seven right now, and it's been a lot of fun because what it is is just you know it's us talking, and he has a format. He's a he's a big nerd with this. Um, he has a format, and you know we we do what we have to, uh, what we do, but uh, yeah, it's all improv. We all have fun with it, and uh, and it's just us. That's how we act when the microphone's not on, and we just thought it'd be funny if we. Uh, we uh, brought it to like people seeing it because you know that's how we talk to each other on Twitter and you know I, if you haven't had a listen go over to xocpodcast.com you know we're on iTunes you know subscribe please and advertise freaking advertise man I'd like to make some money he takes all the money we have a couple of advertisers but he hasn't given me any of the money yet and <laughs> <laughs> um, and tell us about Rob Dimension I mean. I think everyone's sort of seen your uh, your spats with him over Twitter. I mean, it's kind of hard not to. But um, so you know, t- you tell us about your relationship with him. Now, Rob is um, uh, an 
actually an ex-professional bowler. That's all true when we said that on the podcast last week. Um, I met him because he wanted to invest. He had a comic book shop and he wanted to invest in a wrestling promotion to help promote his comic book shop. And I had ran the, the PWF at the time. So he, he bought into the company. We became partners and right away we butt heads and like, you know, we would argue nonstop every day. You know, we were running one or two shows a month and it would be an everyday battle. And, you know, this was 11, 12 years ago. And, you know, we eventually, you know, stopped promoting and stuff like that. And like, we just kept, kept up the banter. It's, you know, how we can like make each other laugh with insults every day. Um, but yeah, he, he was a professional wrestling manager for a while. He learned, um, he learned and booked under, uh, you know, off of the wild Simone for WXW for a little bit. So he's got like a, he's got like a wrestling mentality, but he is um, really big into horror movies and he acts in, I always say E list horror movies, but yeah, <laughs> if you go to robdimension.com, like he, he's like real cool with the, you know, with the nerd side of the world, you know, the comic books and, you know, fan fiction and, you know, all this, all this different stuff. And yeah, he, he's a, a funny and interesting guy. Like people would really like him, you know, plus he takes a, a great shot. You know, I, we bury each other with no boundaries and uh, <laughs> you know, it's never, it's no one ever gets you know, offended by it. Well, like me and him. We've had <laughs> and you also do a uh, stand-up comedy, don't you? Um, how, how's that been going? Uh, it's good. You know, if people are laughing, which is okay. You know, it's, um, it's trying to get new material. And like, if you go to uh, my YouTube page, you can go to world and get it from there and click on some of the advertising. I think I made $3 and 24 cents last month. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I need that money. Um, yeah, it, it's, um, if you go in my YouTube page is youtube.com, um, backslash forever heal. Like, you know, I have a couple sets up there and it's mostly when I'm doing new stuff. It's, you know, it's stuff that like I'll watch over and over again to be like, it's the first time I've done this material so that I can learn off. It's not like my a set, you know, where I've been doing it for a while. So, uh, I try to do it once or twice a week, you know, uh, when I, when I feel confident, um, you know, I'll, I'll put them on my website to, you know, hopefully that people come out. But, you know, it's a whole different thing. I don't do wrestling comedy. It's, it's, a, it's a whole different world for me. Um, I, I just try and do stuff that's original, stuff that I think is funny. And there's things that don't hit, like, you know, your, your toothbrush falling in the dog's poo is not funny, apparently. But, you know, <laughs> you know so, you know, it's, it's a whole learning process. And it, it's like wrestling. You, you got to start from the bottom and work your way up. And, you know, I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. It's like, you know, shooting a promo without having to take a bump at the end. Yeah, so, I mean, how, how similar are they? Do you, do you think you, sort of being a wrestler, sort of helped the sort of transition? I mean, as you say, I mean, really, you're supposed to be, you know, you're, you're gorging sort of, um, you know, audience feedback and you're trying to get them sort of involved, aren't you? So I should imagine with both of them, they're sort of similar sort of formulas, really, aren't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. You're definitely, you know, you're trying to connect with your crowd and, you know, you know, be the focus of attention. And, uh, you know, I do a lot of open mic nights where, you get some guys that are really good and then you get some guys that are, you know, downright awful. And, um, but you know, they got guts to, to, um, they got guts to, um, go get up there and, and try. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's a totally different world and you, you you're trying to find what's going to stick, you know, because what could be funny to you might not be funny to, you know, someone else. Um, so you're always trying to learn. It's just like wrestling where, you know, what works in Philadelphia might not work in London. What works in London might not work in Tokyo, you know? So you're always, you know, trying to learn and, and connect with your crowd. Mm. And finally, I mean, I suppose it's, it's, I don't know if it's something you've sort of considered, but, um, you know, when finally comes the time where you sort of hang up the boots, it's, you know, maybe being backstage sort of helping out with maybe the booking or something. Is that something that's sort of uh come into your mind because i know you're you're quite creative so is that some something you've sort of thought about oh i would love to um you know it, it's it's definitely something like maybe an agent role or you know helping produce something um yeah i definitely would love to, to, to go to the you know behind the camera you know um you know I, i've booked for 
some companies, you know, some sort of success, some things, you know, that aren't successful, um, you know, to, to learn that side and learn from different things. Um, you know, I, I would learn, love to learn, you know, what they do up at WWE different than they do, you know, with a lower budget with the, you know, that I, I'm used to. Um, definitely going behind the scenes eventually is, is my goal and, you know, somewhere, hopefully. Um, but, you know, it's, it's still, you know, every day I'm learning something new, you know, it's almost 18 years I've been doing this. I've, I've been learning something new, um, whether it be in the, in the ring or outside the ring. So yeah, you know, when it's time to give up the boots, definitely, you know, hopefully somebody will think that I have, you know, something to give back. Hmm. And yeah, you mentioned a couple of, uh, you know, the thing that you're doing with the podcast and the stand-up comedy fans sort of want to uh, learn more about you or sort of get in contact with you how, how can they uh go to world of that's my my official website uh my twitter at steve carino um yeah i got over twelve thousand followers i'm super excited i you know I, and then i look at like freaking tommy dreamer has a hundred thousand how the hell does that happen <laughs> uh, right uh but yeah, you know, I, I'm so thrilled. You know, people can you know follow me um, there. You know, my website, my YouTube page, and stuff like that. I'm trying to find new stuff and put it up. And you know, but but those are the ways to, to connect with me. Shoot me something if I think it's dumb. I'll just block them. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. That block button's awesome on Twitter. Um, yeah, Facebook. My Facebook fan page is uh, Facebook.com/backslash/foreverheal. Uh, you know, yeah, connect. I, I think I'm an okay guy to talk to. Unless somebody's being stupid, I hate that. <laughs> okay, then that's uh, that's all. Thanks a lot, Steve, for for joining us. Yeah, thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure. All right, thank you for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this uh, great interview with Steve Carino. Um, be sure to check out Final Battle this uh, weekend, Friday, December 23rd. It's only $15, so it's a great bargain. It's available anywhere worldwide. And you can also watch it on demand on uh, GoFuckLive.tv when the event is finished. So thank you once again to Steve Carino for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And, Everybody uh, ordered the pay-per-view. Yeah, Final Battle looks like it's set to be a great show, possibly one of the best of the year, so be sure not to miss out. It's only $15, so um, head to gofotlive.tv and rhworld.com slash Final Battle to find out more.